welcome. God sent the prophet Samuel to anoint David king over Israel several years before David actually became king. That had an advantage for David, because even though those years were years of great trouble in David's life, yet they gave David the opportunity to think carefully and to study carefully about how God wanted David to rule as king. Would he be a king who ruled for his own wealth and for his own advantage? Or would he truly be God's king? Today we're looking at Psalm 101. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England and I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the Psalms. So please turn with me to Psalm 101 and the heading is a Psalm of David. First one. I will sing of mercy and judgment, unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will sing of mercy and judgment, of mercy, kindness, of judgment, of justice, of right rule and of right government. David had seen that this is how God rules. He is a judge, a fair judge, a right judge, a judge who punishes people's evil acts. But he's also a God of mercy, a God who shows kindness. And when his people truly turn back to him in the way that he has directed, then he provides a way to forgive their evil deeds. So God had shown to David both mercy and judgment. And David declares that this is something he wants to sing in praise of God to, but it's also something that he wants to live by in his own life and in his own rule over Israel. He must be a proper judge of the people. He must make good laws. He must make sure justice works in the land, that evildoers are stopped from doing their crimes, that people can live in peace and security. But David will also rule by mercy. He will show love to the people whom he rules. He will care about them. He will care even about the poorest and the weakest and the youngest and the oldest. He will care for the fatherless and for the widow. He will show kindness or loved his people. These are so important. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. He says to God, God, these are my duties, but especially they're my duties to the people, yes, but especially they're my duties to you, God. It's to you that I sing. It's to you that I declare that mercy and judgment, which are the foundations of your rule, are going to be the foundations of my rule when you make me king. And so in verse 2, David resolves how he's going to act. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Now, of course, David 
was an imperfect man. He could not live perfectly, yet he saw God's standards. He, he saw that God's standards are perfect, that the only way he could achieve perfection was to behave wisely. He needed God to teach him to be wise, to show him how to make the right decisions, how to rule in the right way. And he saw that the wisest course was the perfect course. He saw that doing everything good and right was what God wanted. It was the way of true wisdom. And so David resolved that that was what he was going to seek after. That was what he was going to do. And although he might fail, and although he might fail a thousand times, he would turn again to this vow, this promise that he's made before God, that he would again behave himself wisely in a perfect way. He would turn back to God's standards. Whenever he might have turned in the wrong way, he would turn back to God. And that is how he intended to rule, and that is how he did rule as king. But then there's another line which says, O when wilt thou come unto me? Thou there is God. David is speaking to God. This is a prayer. He asks, When will you, God, come to me? And various explanations have been offered to that. One explanation is that this is, is David before he becomes king. He's saying to God, God, I'm not going to make myself king. You must act. You must come into my life. You must come into the kingdom of Israel and arrange it. I'm not going to try and overthrow Saul, the previous king. I'm not going to act like wicked men do when they want power by stirring up rebellion and trouble. No, I'm going to wait for God to act. I'm going to wait for God to come to me, to answer my prayer and to perfect that which he's already chosen to do, to make me the king of Israel. But another understanding of these words in the Hebrew is that they mean something like, I'll behave myself wisely in a perfect way until or while I wait for you to come to me. In other words, this is how I've decided to act when I am king, but I know I've got to begin now. It's no good me saying, oh, when I become king, I'm going to rule in a good and right way and I'm going to endeavour to do everything in the wise and perfect way God wants. But now to say, well, for now, I'm not king yet, so I can enjoy myself. I can do things for my own advantage. I can gain power in an evil way. No, David didn't say that. He said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way until thou comest unto me. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I'm not yet king, but nevertheless, I'm going to live. I'm going to walk. The word for walk often means how you live in the Bible. So I'm going to live as a private citizen in a way that's perfect. Uh, not that David could be perfect, of course, he was affected by sin, as all of us. He did wrong things, and the Bible records them. 
But that's his resolve, that he's going to turn to God constantly so that he can live in the way that pleases God even before he becomes king. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. That's the equivalent of saying, well, I will set means I will place. And no wicked thing is no wicked plan before his eyes. In other words, he's not going to make any wicked plans. He's not even going to consider wicked plans. He doesn't, he doesn't approve of this kind of behaviour. And so David says he's turning from this totally. Wicked plans, if they are wicked, he is rejecting them. Uh, whatever they might achieve, whatever success they might bring or wealth to David, he's not, he's not interested. No, he is serving God, so wicked plans will have no part in his life. Verse 3 continues, I hate the work of them that turn aside. So you've got the picture of someone walking in a straight path. We say sometimes a straight and narrow way, walking in the right way and then turning aside, turning away from that path. David says, I hate the work of them that turn aside. Those who try to take people off the right path, the right way to live. Those who try to take people and to suggest to them they should do something that turns aside. Crooked. Uh, that's another word we use in English for something that turns aside. A crooked path in English, a crooked road, is one that goes back and forward and twists to and fro. And a crooked life in English means a dishonest life. I hate the work of them that turn aside. I hate evil things. I hate dishonest things. I hate leaving the straight and narrow way, the way that God has directed us to live. It shall not cleave to me. Cleave means cling. I don't want the work of them that turn aside, this wicked behaviour to have any part in my life. If it cleaves to me, it sticks close to me. And this cannot stick to me. This evil work, no, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I will follow no evil plan, David is saying. Verse 4 is, is interesting because there's two, <coughs> two interpretations we can do to it. A throwart heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Um, difficult word there, or old word, throwward. It means perverse or false. And it's this person's heart that is false. So this is pers a person, again, with wicked plans, dishonest plans, dishonest schemes. David says, that person shall depart from me. That person I'm going to make to leave from me. I'm going to send that person away because I will not know a wicked person. In other words, I don't want to know him. He's evil. He must leave me. I'm giving him no place. That's one interpretation. But the other interpretation we're given a clue to by the King James Bible. 
One of the things that helps us as we read the King James Bible is it tells us where the translators have supplied words in the English language which are not there in the Hebrew. That is shown by a word or words being in italic or slanted type. And if we look at verse 4, we'll see that last word, person, is not there in the Hebrew. So the literal translation of the Hebrew, according to the King James Bible, is A forward heart shall depart from me, I will not know a wicked. What if this forward heart is describing David's own heart? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, it says in the prophets. God, you know my heart. You know my wrong deeds. You've appointed me to become this great king, yet there's wrong and false and evil things in my own heart. Then may these wrong attitudes depart from me. May I live in the way that pleases you, and then I will not know a wicked. I won't choose the evil way. I won't live by evil schemes and wicked schemes. God, cleanse me from my sin. Make me to live for you, to please you in all that I do, in my heart, in my inner self, in my inner thoughts and attitudes. I want to please you. And that is how I, David thinks, intend to live when I become king. Verse 5, and we've got a change in the pattern of the psalm, because David is no longer describing himself. Now here he's going to very clearly deal with the people whom he is ruling as king. Didn't he say in verse 1, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Well, now we're looking at David in judgment. David's work as a judge. Verse 5. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbour, him will I cut off. God has appointed David to be king, to be judge, the ultimate judge over his nation. In the ancient world, the kings were the supreme judges. And so David has a duty to deal with evil acts. And he begins these evil acts in verse 5 with whoso privily slandereth his neighbour. Whoso means whoever. Privily means secretly. Slandereth is to say evil things and untrue things against some, someone. Remember, this evil person has said these evil things against his neighbour privily. In private, David knows that he must act against that. That wicked slander is going to destroy people's characters, destroy people's reputations. It's going to divide the country and cause great trouble. And so even though this evil act has happened privily, even though it's happened in secret, David is determined to to stop it and to act firmly against this. Him, the evildoer, will I cut off. That word cut off is the same Hebrew word that is translated destroy 
in verse 8, David is saying, when I am king, when I have the authority to rule, when I have the authority to punish evil people, then simply to say false words to against your neighbour in private is going to be a very, very serious matter. I'm going to act against this wrong behaviour. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart, will I not suffer? Suffer means uh, allow to continue. And what's this wrongdoer doing? Well, he hath a high look. The Hebrew is a high eye. In other words, the person who looks on another person and says, I'm greater than that person. I'm more important and more successful than that person. I don't care for that person. David is not going to allow that. A proud heart. It's really the same thing as an high look earlier in the verse. He, he looks with his eyes in a proud way. And in his heart, his heart is wide. That's the Hebrew word. It's, it's proud. It's as if you've got a great, a great bucket and nothing can fill it. That's the attitude of a proud person. He wants more and more and more because he considers himself so great. I'm going to act against this. I'm going to act against wrong thoughts and words and deeds. I'm going to act against the wrong attitudes that destroy countries. Like when people proudly look at other people and think themselves superior to them and so treat those other people cruelly. Like when people use words, false words, to try and ruin someone else's character. These things, David says, I'm not going to tolerate. They might gain power for people in other countries. They may, might make people successful in other places. But these things, if I'm, going, if I'm going to be God's king, if I'm going to rule in God's way, then I must use the authority that God has given to me to stop these things. Now, of course, David was a king. And as a king, he had the power to use the law and order of the country against evildoers. Most of us are not kings. We don't have that power or authority. We don't have it as a ruler and we don't have it received from the government as as being police or as judges, we can't act against these things except in our own lives. And in our own hearts, we can see if we are speaking wrongly against people, if we're looking at people in a proud way, if we're loving our own importance. These are things that David declared to be wrong. These are things that David said as king he must punish. David, though, as king, would need servants and officials, government officials who would work for him. And often in many countries, the powerful people in the government are evil people. They've gained their position because they are proud, because they do speak lies against people. The very people who David has just said that he will punish. So who is David going to choose? to work for him. Verse 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. 
So the most important thing for me is not even how skilled a person is. No, what comes first to me is that, that, that the person who serves me, who works for me, is faithful. I'm going to look for loyal people, people who act rightly, people who can be trusted. I want a government of people who can be trusted. They will dwell with me. They will have the close places. They will be in the middle of my house, meeting with me and advising me because I want trustworthy people to advise me. More than that, he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Oh, for me as king, verse 2, the only standard that's right is perfect. I can't quite do it. I'm going to make many wrong acts, but I must always return to the perfect way because the perfect way is God's way. And so of the people who work for me, they have to walk in a perfect way. Remember what we said about walk, describing the way people live. And David says, he that worketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. That might mean to serve as a government official. It might mean to serve as an important government official or as an army commander. Um, but it could mean simply to serve in the palace, to, to uh, look after the king. In all of this, David wants faithful people, reliable people. Because, verse 7, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. In the middle of my house. That's the point where, where that occurs in the Hebrew. So he's saying someone deceitful, someone who is lying, someone who's telling untrue things, someone who is treacherous, shall not work within my house, shall not live within my house, shall not have that place close to me. Uh, the, the same word, the word translated deceit uh, there has a second meaning, which is slothful or lazy. David didn't want lazy people working for him either. He wanted people who would be hardworking and dedicated to God's work. Second half of verse 7, he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. If people speak lies, then then they don't have a place in government. Uh, the idea that sometimes people say politicians are all liars. Well, David didn't want that to be so in his government. He didn't want any liars there. He wanted people who were truthful because he wanted a government that was right and that was good and would rule the people of God in God's way. On to verse 8. David is still making resolutions, vows, promises about how he is going to rule this land. And now he makes a firm decision. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. That word early is interesting in the Hebrew. It's the word for the morning. And it's plural. So David is saying not that he's just going to go out early one day to act against all these wicked people. No, he's going to he's saying each morning, this is my first duty in the day to act 
as king and as judge against the wicked people. When in Israel, uh, the kings became more lazy, people complained that they couldn't get justice in the land, that, that, that they couldn't find the king or they couldn't go to the king or the king hadn't appointed time for them to be seen to. But David says, no, my first duty as king each morning is to act against wicked people, to see that God's people are protected from the wicked schemes that these these evil people are doing. And then he remembers, there are other kings who maybe do that. There are kings of foreign nations who maybe, although they do not know God, still try to rule their countries in a right and proper way. But I have even more duties, David thinks. I am appointed God's king. And so that makes it even more important that I act against these evil deeds. End of verse 8. That I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. The city of the Lord, Jerusalem, the place where God is to have his temple, where God has chosen to live amongst men. I am responsible for that. And in the responsibility for God's holy place, how important it is that I act against people's evil deeds. How important it is that I don't allow evil deeds to continue and to increase, but I must act against them. That was David's resolution. And when we read about David's life, we, we see, as I've often said today, he did these things, but he did them imperfectly. He sometimes turned away from God himself, as in his affair with Bathsheba. But he turned back to God. He saw that that perfect standard was God's standard and he must turn back to God. David also failed in his, his resolve not to have any wicked people in his government. Joab, the army commander, was a wicked man. And how David wished over and over that he'd acted against him. In the end, he... He told Solomon on David's deathbed, David told Solomon he must act against Joab. He must punish him with death and to place the army in the hands of a better man than him. And Solomon did that. But David resolved to do these things. And of course, it's only the Messiah, God's real perfect king, who will truly act against evil and stop the evil in the land and in the world when he rules as king of Israel and king of the world in the final age, the age when Messiah rules. In a moment, I'm going to give you, uh, read to you the whole psalm, but first let me give you my email address. Maybe you've not written yet. It would be lovely to hear from you and to know you're listening to these talks. My email address then is 333kjv at gmail.com. Get a pen quick and write it down before you forget. 333kjv at gmail.com. And here is the whole of Psalm 101. A Psalm of David. 
I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall, a forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbour, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord.